1: Good Thank you all for being here in person and online. Um, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Mike Evans. I am currently the Tenzo and the webmaster here at Ancient Dragon. Um, can everyone hear me okay online? Lovely. Wonderful. Okay. Um, uh, before I dig into the talk, uh, just uh, a quick acknowledgement but it's certainly not a brief one, that today is Indigenous Peoples Day, which is why we chanted the Tribal Land Acknowledgement. Um, and I think it's worthy to take a moment to express gratitude, not only for the various Indigenous people, not only of the Chicagoland area, but across our country and across the world, um, who have maintained the land and who still currently maintain the land, and for the people who are not Indigenous, who continue to advocate for uh, and fight for the rights and livelihood um, and advocate and support the work that has been done. So, Thank you.
2: Um,
1: it is customary, um, this is my first Dharma talk, so it is often customary to do what's called a way-seeking mind talk, um, whereas one describes their journey uh, as to what led them to Buddhism. So that will be the first part of my talk. The second part um, will kind of describe uh, my experience as the Tenzo. I've been Tenzo for almost a year here at Ancient Dragon, uh, shortly after we moved into the current space here in Lincoln Square. Uh, so the second part, I suppose, will be a sort of way-seeking Tenzo mind mm-hmm. talk. So. so, to start, I think, where, why I came to Buddhism or how I, how I got here, um, I grew up Catholic, a uh, Roman Catholic in a small town in Ohio. I uh, went to a Catholic school through eighth grade. Uh, I received quite a few of the sacraments. I was confirmed in high school. Um something even when i was a very very young child uh there was some skepticism about catholicism uh i remember going to confession for the first time and i found it just kind of weird um and i do remember i think actually um making up things to say (laughs) because i couldn't think of anything to confess to the priest although i'm sure i had done things that were worthy of confession um but I think the idea of this intermediary um, person who was uh, uh, had some say on my salvation um, even at the age of seven was a, a little fishy for me so um, i I kind of i after high school, I definitely stepped away from Catholicism and for a while, I think I described myself as agnostic um, in that i believed in some uh connect connectedness in the world and some sort of, you don't know, call it a higher power, but some sort of order or way of things. Um, but I didn't really choose to put a label on it. Um,
2: and that was for most of my adult life. Um,
1: and then around, I believe, 2018, um, at which point I had started dating my partner, Wade, who's... Or serving as our techno tonight. Um he and I were both having a rough year in the mental health department uh with various stages of depression and anxiety, and we're looking for some way to assuage or uh help ourselves. And I I believe Wade's mom actually gave me a book by Techno Hun and I kind of picked through it. Um, and I remember one of the first things I read, which still sticks with me, was he was talking about um, kind of reconnecting the head to the body. And that's still a very powerful image for me, and it still informs my practice. Um, as someone who does suffer quite acutely from anxiety, um, I find that when I reconnect those various parts of myself, um, I feel much more present, I feel much more connected and grounded. Uh and so that uh intrigued me a lot. Wade had a uh family friend who has practiced Sotos and Buddhism for quite a number of years and um recommended not only a few books to us but also uh a few places to go if we wanted to worship in person. Uh it's funny that I used that word worship. we will come back to that. <laughs> um, so Wade and I were looking to kind of go somewhere and uh, sit with a group and kind of see what that was, you know, just to experiment. And uh, the first place we went to was, I believe, somewhere in Evanston, uh, which was fine. Um, it was just us and the person leading the service. It was a kind of a cold Sunday morning in January. Um, it was a very long zazen period, I remember, forty-five minutes, and then a dharma talk, uh, which was also during the zazen period, which we both found. A little difficult um in terms of being able to focus on two separate things or what we thought were two separate things um so we put that place on hold um and the second place we came to is ancient dragon um back when we were at our park location this was in 2019 and uh i memory serves correctly i believe higetsu uh who is online tonight um in the lobby and gave us a quick uh, Zazen instruction um, and we sat through the, I think it was a Sunday morning program uh, and went to the uh, favorite activity tea and treats afterwards and, and everyone uh, it, it felt like there were celebrities in some way, everyone was kind of clamoring around us and asking us questions, who we were or you know, how, how we heard of ancient dragon and, um, uh, but it, it felt very warm, the atmosphere was very very warm and uh, almost five years later we're still here and taking on many positions (laughs) um and it's it's become a a second home for both of us and to speak for Wade, i i I think i can that we both feel incredibly grateful for that number of people that we've encountered throughout the years here so thank you um for a while when i when i first started practicing um i will admit that i was following Wade's lead in a lot of ways, and he he took to it very quickly and lapped everything up uh, very eagerly. And I knew that there was something here for me, but I didn't know what it was. Um, so I I kept coming along, um, not sure what it was. And then to some extent, I still don't know what that thing is. Um, but it's it's gotten a little bit more cemented over the years or um, solid.
2: Uh, perhaps not cemented um uh during the pandemic i remember
1: um my my practice suffered a little bit um because i think i had missed the in-person part of being here um i I, i'm a social person and and i really do I feel a lot more present when I'm in the presence of people versus if I'm communicating indirectly with people, or like on the phone or on Zoom, uh, which is no offense to our friends who are on Zoom this evening. Um, but when we were Zoom only for a long time, um it was it was there was noticeable change and it was very difficult. And I found myself at times kind of not showing up as much and not wanting to to be there. Um and I had to sit with that for a while. And Luckily, that time appeased, and you know, now we have this wonderful hybrid situation. Um, And out of that, I did notice myself becoming a lot more comfortable um, with with Zoom and then with um, communicating in this kind of way, uh, which I feel very grateful for. And I think um, showing up every week to Ancient Dragon during the pandemic really helped with that. So it was great. and I think at this time I will transition into part two, um because I have a bit more meat in this part of the talk um mm-hmm. about um the tenzo and, and my relationship to it um so I think it was about a year ago that we uh, found this space here in Lincoln Square, um which Hoget has graciously offered for us. this is her building um and we settled in and we're still settling in, and this feels like home and. Uh right away when uh we knew that this was gonna be the place we were going to be at for a while, uh Tygen in his very eager way um knew that uh, a Tenzo was necessary and so um sent out an email thread to uh various people in Ancient Dragon uh soliciting a, a Tenzo. And I read it and I uh I remember thinking, well, you know, I, I like food. Um this could be something I could do. <laughs> um so i I said yes, and uh I remember Tigan was uh a little like uh a gas not a gas um I was like I, I didn't you know didn't pin you at first right away as someone but yeah let's let's go for it which i I feel very grateful for uh for Tigen for giving, allowing me to have that opportunity um, and uh throughout this past year um I've kind of gradually stepped into the role very slowly um, as we have brought back many of those forms, including um tea and treats, uh, including serving tea uh at sashins and um in the spring practice period finally um having morioki, lunch and medicine meals for the first time since the pandemic. Um and Higetsu has been a wonderful mentor and trainer uh in helping me um and, come into that role,
2: which I feel grateful for. Um,
1: I've been thinking as I was preparing for this talk about uh, what made me say yes to Taigen when he asked uh, for tens of um, I, I don't think I'm the only person who likes food <laughs> who's here tonight um, or who's, who likes to cook. Um, in fact, I know that's not true. Um, I I learned to cook from my mom, um, who's a very good cook, uh, and she learned to cook from her mom, who's also a very good cook. Uh, And I think of that as a a passing of the warm hand to warm hand dharma of of cooking. Um, And during the pandemic, um, so also, for those of you who don't know, um, I'm a musician, and I went to school for music and um, played professionally I did um, when I first moved to Chicago many years ago, played a lot more um, and don't play as much now, but still do. Um, but music is a very big creative activity for me. And so when the pandemic happened and I was not, um, we're not allowed to be in person. Um, I was uh, craving and, and needing some creative activities and cooking became that. Um, right after the pandemic started, Wade and I moved in together. Uh, and, uh, Wade, uh, has an affinity for food, uh, and comes up with many, many great ideas for, uh, for meals, so we kind of put our forces together, and we made a lot of great food, and it was very therapeutic for me. Um, and as I've gone into cooking, I've i have always wanted to understand
2: why, um,
1: when you bake bread, um, like, why are ingredients here? Why are we putting this much water in? Uh, why would we add eggs to uh, a muffin or a cake? What is it doing? What, what function does it serve in a recipe? Um, when, you, when you add salt to a stew, what is it doing? Um, how does it differentiate the taste? So there's always been this really innate curiosity um, from cooking, um, which is not something that my mom taught me, but I think was um, kind of a combination of her um, easy way around the kitchen and my curiosity. Uh, and I, and I, I I treat music the same way. Um, I always ask why. I listen to a piece of music, and I x-ray it. I pick it apart, and I'm listening to chord progressions and orchestration and um, analyzing it a lot, while at the same time also um, allowing the aesthetic experience of the art to come through so um I, I treat cooking the same way where um i'm allowing the aesthetic experience of eating uh, and also allowing it to nourish me um, and also trying to understand it better um, so that allows me um, the skill to improvise
2: which as with music um
1: there's a wonderful passage in the uh, complete Tassahara cookbook which is written by named Edward S.B. Brown, who I believe was a student of Mel Weitzman's, and who cooked at Tassahara for many years and worked with Tassahara to start a restaurant in San Francisco called Green's, which for a long time was associated with the San Francisco Zen Center. Um, And in the introduction to his cookbook, he gives a really vivid um, uh, account of
2: his wonder with food, which I thought worth sharing. Uh, In the introduction, he's
1: talking about how he got into cooking, uh, which came from a a cookbook called the Macrobiotic Cookbook, which came out in the 60s. Cooking those macrobiotic-inspired dinners, I became engrossed with vegetables, curious to see the inside of a green pepper, enthralled by the white tree which came into view when cutting open a purple cabbage, the burst of aroma from the newly cut surface of a yellow onion, and I studied for the fun of it. At the thrift store, I'd bought a set of beige-brown soup-sized wooden bowls and another sack of bowls coated with dayglow enamels, candy apple red, metallic silver, emerald green, brilliant lavender, which cut up pieces of vegetable when in which bowl? The orange of carrot in the enamel green or the simple wood? The off-white of onion slices in the buffed silver or the intense lavender? Cutting open the vegetables left me awestruck. Where did all these things come from? why are they the way they are and how is it that i'm here with them resonating in harmony and well-being and no i didn't need scientific answers i wanted poetry like ruby who said what was said to the rose that made it bloom is being spoken here in my heart now cutting open the vegetables i found something inside presence awesome spacious presence how do people not notice this at that time, I was already wondering how to convey this to people, that the spiritual world is right at hand, The food is precious, and we are precious beings, that hearts can delight in cooking. Over the years, I have endeavored to share this with a wide audience. Of course, cooking is about getting it right, making food that is edible and delicious. But more than this, cooking is about awaking your innate capacities for living in the fullness and vitality of the present, touching and being touched by life itself again to quote rumi what else would
2: human beings want
1: i think this is a a great transition into um a talk that douglas gave yesterday at our monday sitting uh douglas's talk was about um, memetsu no kafu which roughly translates to family style which is a, a term that we're starting to use a lot more here in ancient dragon which i really appreciate and douglas was expounding on how to uh take zazen into your everyday life as if those things are separate of course um and uh douglas referenced very heavily the tenzo kyokun uh the tenzo kyokun is dogen's instructions to the zendo which are part of the ehi shingi which are the um standards for peer community that um, dogen wrote for his temple during his lifetime Um, It's a very rich read. If you've not read it, I really recommend it, Um, even if food does not interest you or rutenzo does not interest you, because I think, um, as Douglas expanded on in his talk, which is worth a listen, which will soon be up on our website, um, it is a really great application of of taking what we do in Zazen and applying it to something that is something that we do every day, which is eating and possibly also cooking meals.
2: Um yeah and I, and
1: I and I feel very grateful to be in this role where uh I can learn sazen in that way um and I can practice in that way um of of serving and giving back to the sangha uh
2: in a, in a fairly unique way um
1: I, I laughed when I um, when I said yes to tagging to accept this role. I giggled because I didn't realize how big of a job it is. Um, you know, I thought it was you know just cooking meals and uh, doing tea, and um, but it's 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 very intricate, and the forms are a lot. And um, it's been wonderful to get to know them and become intimate with them, uh, and to struggle with them, and and to um, you know see how I meet those challenges. Um, I mean, even yesterday at Sashin, which is a one-day sitting with one meal um, and an afternoon tea snack. Um, I mean, the involvement of planning a menu, which takes into account um, the dietary restrictions that uh, Sangha members who are attending might have, um, the time of year, and then purchasing food that's appropriate and in season for the time of year, um, making sure you have enough food <laughs> <laughs> um, which I've uh not done before. Um, um, there's a lovely section uh, in the Tenzu Kyokun which I'd like to share about where Dogen talks about um thinking about how much to prepare for food. When you return to the kitchen, right away, you must close your eyes and clearly envision how many people are in the monk's hall, how many distinguished retired monks and other monks with high positions are in private rooms? How many monks are there are in the infirmary, the elderly monk's residence, and the dormitory for recuperating monks? How many travelling monks are in the guest dorm, and what number of people are in hermitages? Carefully calculate in this way, and if you have the slightest uncertainty. Ask the Eno, the heads of the various monastery departments, the managers of the different offices, and the head monk of each department. When you have settled your questions about the number of people to be fed, carefully determine, as follows, how to provide one grain of rice for each grain of rice that will be eaten. If you divide one grain, you will have two half grains. Sometimes divide it into one-third or one-fourth, one-half or two-halves. If you put two separate half grains of rice together, you will have one whole grain of rice. Also, if you give one-ninth to someone, see how many parts are left over. Or, if you take back one-ninth, see how many parts they still have. If the monks get to eat one grain of luling rice, they will see monk Guishan. Also, if you get to offer one grain of luling rice, you will see the water buffalo. The water buffalo eats monk Guishan. Monk Guishan tends the water buffalo. Have I determined it yet or not? Have you calculated it yet or not? After inspecting and clearly discerning these details, when you see an opportunity explain. when you face a person, speak.
2: After all, exertion like this with
1: the suchness of unity and the suchness of duality I mean, has a wonderful way of, of being poetic and enigmatic and then sometimes puzzling mm-hmm. at the first pass. Uh, and it, is wonderful to sit with, especially uh, when posing uh, logistical
2: questions like that. Uh,
1: Something that I've also noted in my time as Tenzo is uh, certain challenges that have come up for me, um, uh, especially in multi-day sittings where there's a lot to do. I'm eager to do everything, and I find that I have to force myself to take time to rest or relax um, and not wear myself out. Um, and also, um, because uh, I feel more like a stage manager at a play, kind of make sure everything behind the scenes is running correctly in some ways, um, I don't get as much time to sit on the cushion and, and kind of let the mind settle. And I've been told that eventually um, there comes uh, a time when you find a rhythm in doing the Tenzo and you can settle into that. Um, and I I hope one day to aspire to
2: find that rhythm very strongly. Um,
1: very quickly, um, to... I want to explore, um, something that I I think about a lot as Tenzo, which is, um, people's relationship with food, because I think we all have, um, very complicated and different relationships with food um, on a lot of levels. Obviously, we have food that we like or that we dislike. Um, well, food can uh, trigger um, memories for us, um, which can go in, in many directions. Um, I think, for example, of if I have shrimp scampi, I think of cooking that with my dad. Because my mom hated the smell of it, and so it was something that whenever my mom was away, that my dad and I would cook that together. Um, I find that I have often a displeasant, uh memory of peas, um, because um, I was first served peas when I was in daycare when I was a very small child, and it was canned peas. And a lot of times at daycare they would force you to finish your plate, and I wouldn't, and I would I would sit there and. Uh, be stubborn about it. Um, so this this kind of very canned pea, which, you know, wasn't really dressed up, um, kind of has a negative connotation. It took me a while, and, and I still struggle with um, uh, enjoying peas because of that memory. Um, and then food can go even deeper for us in a lot of ways. Um, some people, including myself, stress um as a way to kind of uh, swage stress that we might be feeling um people who are pregnant crave certain foods um which might be completely subconscious um i think of the 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 midwestern trope uh perhaps it's not a midwestern one of um if you know someone who has experienced a loss and you, you might struggle with how to uh help that person with their grief perhaps because you want to fix it or Um, because it makes us uncomfortable in some way, uh, we'll offer food. I say Midwest because, uh, the trope is a casserole, (laughs) which perhaps the uh, person receiving might not always want, but, um, but, um, but we, we, food has very complex roles in our lives. And so is Tenzo. Um, that necessarily isn't something that I have to deal with, um, but it is something that I can hold um, based on what I know about people and what I observe, you know, um, if I observe people not liking something they've eaten a meal that I've made, um, that strikes my curiosity. I want to know more about that, Uh, and that doesn't mean that I might not serve that person a thing unless it's um, a health reason, of course, Um, but it's this way of becoming intimate with ourselves and with
2: each other to really appreciate. I would like to finish, uh, reading, let's see, do I have time for at least one more quote from Tenzo Kyokun. Yeah, um, I'll read this one. Um,
1: this this is Doug been talking about um, kind of not picking and not choosing, um, which I think is just as applicable to the person cooking the food as the person receiving it. Cooking so-called rich, creamy food is not necessarily superior. Cooking plain vegetable soup is not necessarily inferior when you are given plain vegetables to prepare you must treat them the same as rich creamy food with straightforward mind sincere mind and pure mind the reason is that when they con- when they converge in the pure great ocean assembly of buddha dharma you recognize neither rich creamy tastes nor the plain of taste of plain vegetables but only the flavor of the one great ocean furthermore in developing the buds of the way and nurturing the womb of sages Rich cream and simple vegetables are the same, not different. There is an old saying that the monk's mouth is like an oven. We should understand this. Reflect that simple vegetables can nurture the womb of sages and develop the buds of the way. Do not see them as lowly or worthless. A guiding teacher of humans and celestial beings benefits them
2: with plain vegetables I think
1: I'll stop there. Um, we will a few minutes for discussion. I'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that I've said, um, particularly if you have uh, interesting relationships with food. Um, so. Thank you very much.
2: Simone.
3: Um, I... And would you talked about, you know, the little dance that you have to learn to do in taking care of something and cultivating a thing and then not much time to see, makes me think that not only like we saw at the Sahara, but anything that kind of works or just works that some people enjoy usually gets to do is a great kind of work in different areas, including this one mm-hmm. behind and you know, the same was true there. The Sahara. there was so much work in the kitchen, there's so much work here you know, things like the pipes that Jerry looked at that. And recently at work we underwent a big move where we moved I don't know, six or seven hundred people from one place to the other, mm. and everybody just arrived and sat at the new office. <laughs> as if it were always it have always been there, it was always <laughs> worked. And and you know, and it made me think that you you are in a position pretty much like the IT and facilities people that I've met like there that for the past three months have been like you know have been working behind the <laughs> scenes and everybody arrives and sit at the desks which you know the cushion is more comfortable and we do it for a different scope if if that's our, our practice tonight but yeah. it, it kind of made me think of the same way you know it, it's just there is uh, a, a lot of unseen work that everybody does and and. and cooking is it be possible for me i just uh <laughs> i can do everything else i just i wouldn't be able to do that so thank you for that and for the juggling of that uh and for the you know the the meal that is there with tea and cookies when we end up and then <laughs> is there and all of that.
2: thank you Thank you for a wonderful talk and
0: thank you for being a wonderful Tenzo. You really are a Tenzo who has, um, such a, a lovely way of making plain vegetables taste wonderful. <laughs> Which, um, you, you have, you know, you have an imagination, I think, for cooking and a, and a mm-hmm. talent for it. And, and it really shines through. Um, and as a former Tenzo myself, not have an imagination <laughs> or a talent for cooking I but I'm a very organized person and my talent was being organized and so yeah. I could you know I could I and I could certainly follow recipes mm-hmm. um, and so you know that that, that worked okay um, but uh, but I can tell that you really have a talent for it and, and, I, and I appreciate that very much um, I think that I just don't get that
2: excited about food. <laughs>
0: I I mean I mean not not that I don't, you know, eat plenty of it and and more than I should, but I just don't get that excited about it. So, uh, cuz mostly mostly I'm I'm thinking about um the caloric content and how much sugar is in it and whether mm-hmm. I'm getting enough protein and you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm doing like all the the macro, microscopic things the food. but yeah. um yeah, and and it's and it's funny though that now that we're talking about this, that's what shines through in in my food. You know, it's like the mm-hmm. this, the mathematics of of it all. And uh, <laughs> but you also made me think about um, my mom would make a lasagna for mm-hmm. any family that you know we knew <coughs> who, who, where someone had died, and you know I kind of felt bad that I don't do that you know for people in my daily life but but when you said it it made me think about like imagine cooking something for somebody that you don't know that well that contains like meat and dairy and beef and like tomato sauce with like all the sugar and salt that's in that I mean you know we're, we're trying to kill them <laughs>
1: Just so we can make another lasagna.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. So so, yeah, so it's funny how um, you know our our, I think our our way of thinking about food and our attitudes towards um, food have become so much more individualized over time. You know, because really, you know, my mom would make a lasagna. The family would at least appear, you know, grateful to to have that thought and and. I'm really a nice designer, but I can't imagine doing that anymore unless yeah. you know exactly what those, the family's dietary, you know, needs might be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, that, I mean, that makes me think of a few things. One is the fact that in the whole talk, I, I didn't even mention calories and nutrition because that is often something that's low on my um <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting and that that's that's something perhaps we're an area where I could give more thought to. Um, uh it also made me think of uh the idea of gift giving as as something where um often gift giving and I think we're as a culture we're moving away from this, but um gift giving often is more about the person giving than the receiving, you know, um it's more about making myself feel better than mm-hmm. thinking about the person you're giving the gift to, um, and what they might think mm-hmm. about the gift, or how they handle it, but that's a whole other problem,
2: thank you. Um
1: Elliot. It very much resonated with your um, description of being behind the stage, and getting caught up with so many things, and not taking the time mm-hmm. to settle. As an okay. artist, I understand that, in my own career. Um, But I also, it resonated tonight with me in my own life, the ways that I get caught up with things behind the scenes and don't allow myself the time
2: to settle uh, or to sit. and to be present
1: without all the preoccupations, all the grasping, all the clinging to the things that I think need to get done behind the scenes. And connecting that to food, for
2: me, Food is a way that I show care, that I try to demonstrate that I want to nourish a relationship. And in many ways, I can get caught up behind the scenes with that and
1: not allow myself to settle. That cooking and busying myself with food is a way for me to say, see, I'm nourishing, see, I'm caring. I'm doing this for you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's maybe not the
2: nourishment or the care that is needed. And if I'd allowed myself, or if i give myself the time to settle, I'd be more aware of the ways things get caught up. Mm-hmm. The way I get caught up in what I think I'm doing. Thank you, Evan. There is an experience very highly with me, no, it's something I chew on a lot. So. Anyone online? got it. Tenzo Son, could you say something about your relationship with all the ingredients? And knives and the pots? No. I was talked a little bit about this in this talk yesterday.
1: Um, uh, Somewhere in the Tenzakyokun, Dogen refers to this relationship and um, you know, treating a pot as if you were your own head and treating rice water in similar ways. Um, and
2: I think what's written about the Tedzo
1: is, is, is to treat ingredients in pots and knives um, in the same way that we treat other sentient beings, um, you know, washing a knife after you used it carefully, making sure that your prep area is clean, um, making sure that you're not banging pots, um, is is taking
2: care of those things um,
1: in a way that you wouldn't, you know, throw another person around because they're in your way or something. Um, and it's interesting that you say that, of course, because um, to echo... Elliot's common as well. You know, when I get caught up in cooking, and especially on a timeline, um, you know, having to have a meal, lunch, you know, needs to be served up at 11.50, so it can be brought down stairs for lunch, for mealtime here, um, you can become blind to those relationships. And so it's something that I struggle with, admittedly, and then um, strive to improve my relationship with. Um because I you know i i cling to getting a finished product and having it come- you know come out a certain way that i 'd like and less about being present in the moment and taking care of everything that 's helping to make the meal you know as much as the assistant who 's helping me or myself is making the meal, so are the pots and the knives and um the individual ingredients um and that 's uh Pardon the pun. A very meaty subject to
2: to meditate. On. So thank
3: you for that. So thank you for your talk, Mike. Um, when I was Tenzo at City Center a long while ago, I was more of a Tenzo-like Asian described, just trying to manage everything and arrange everything and make sure everything got done. I really loved what you were saying about your interest in how the different ingredients work with each other and inform each other. That is really getting into the substance of it. And I really appreciated that. So I you know, just I like your, you know, your whole talk, but I, I just particularly appreciated that. So and thank you for your uh dedication.
1: Thank you for the opportunity.
2: Wait. I would like to express gratitude for the way in which your
3: TENZO for our home. Um mm. uh, because you do it very well. And I feel very cared for and supported by
2: that skill of yours, because it's not a skill of mine. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Let me wash the dishes. I,
3: I do, I also help cook.
2: <laughs> I
3: help cook, I help wash. We do it together. Uh, what I, what I struggle
1: with is the planning and the coming up with ideas and the, the way in which you have to eat every single day. You don't get a break. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's, that's, um, well, and that's your
1: relationship. I think that's, that's wonderful. Um, and so ECHO, uh, I guess, is common as well. The, the dishwasher also helps wash the dishes,
2: mm-hmm. and yeah. um that's true.